NCRP Productions presents the Fireside Chat Series. NCRP Productions presents an interview with, well, us. And this is Barry and Pedro. And we're, uh, we decided we'd give you kind of a, a little insight into what we're thinking we're doing here in our normal way, which is never getting to the point and running around in circles, right? I mean, that's pretty much how we do everything. I mean, yeah, you know, but it gets done. As maybe. we go farther, well, yeah, exactly, maybe. I mean, often you're, you're going to see in, in at least the Dishonored Well and, and uh, a couple other things that are already in the works for us, you're going to see that, that a straight line for us is about as crooked as you can possibly be. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's really crooked. <laughs> Yeah, we we like to we like to follow shiny things. That's that's very true. That's very true. So, Pedro, how long have you been gaming? I was thinking about that the other day. Actually, it, it's been at least I want to say eleven or twelve years. Eleven or twelve years. Okay. I want to say yeah. I started with something. I'm pretty sure I was given as a gift, probably from your shop. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, it was a three point five. Actually, no, I don't think it was three. I think it was three. 3.0. Okay. The box set. Oh, good. I don't, remember, I don't know if you remember what it looks like. It's got like a black dragon on the front, yellowish box. Right. Um, and so I remember one day my mom brought that to me and was like, hey, here, I got this for you. You like games. Right. I was like, cool, D&D. I have no idea what to do with this. Because <laughs> I remember I remember seeing it as a kid when I lived in Garberville. There was a, a shop and I I forget the name of it. It's weird. It kids was, and more or something yes, like that, Yes, it was. Right? It was Kids and More. It, it was the weirdest thing. It was like half baby clothes and right. half like card games. Well, my understanding is the couple that owned it uh, were, were gamers, were big time gamers, were buying cards, buying, you know, doing some role playing. I know the, the gentleman used to come into my store, which my store, if, if, if you don't know, is North Coast Role Playing or NCRP. You'll start seeing a connection there. <laughs> But he would come in and get D and D stuff, dice, books, papers, that kind of thing. So yeah, and I remember, I remember one time walking in there, and I mean, I was I was pretty young at that point, and I saw all these people like sitting at a table with pen and paper and sure. like little miniatures, and then on there they had a little rack that had like D and D stuff, and I was like, well, that looks neat. But I have no idea what the hell's going on, so I'm gonna go play Magic. You weren't Which, instantly drawn in by all the the kind of weirdos sitting at a table. Yeah, no, all the all the teens sitting there at the table laughing or doing whatever. No, I just went and bought a pack of cards and went on with my day. Um, and then I think it was even like a like a week. I think that was like a weekly D and D thing. But I mean, there was surprisingly Garberville actually had a couple places to game. Hero Clicks was another one. Roberto's. Yep, that was old school for me I, I loved it but yeah so i got that box set and i kept it for probably a year or so not knowing what to do with it i actually ended up getting a couple of random things funny enough i without even the players guide, i didn't even get that first i got the um 3.5 weapons of legacy book oh god because it looked cool it was I, cool it was it had all these cool things and i remember looking and being like what are all these numbers about? There's just interesting stories. And then I eventually bought uh, a player's... By I bought, I mean my parents bought me. Uh, <laughs> a player's handbook, also at your shop. Um, and then I remember looking through it and being like, wow, this is so neat. But no one I know is going to want to play this. Which, little did I know, 
most people I knew would have. Everyone was worried, everybody, right. yeah, everybody would have. Um, and so then finally one day, and I mean, this is after like a year of building random characters for myself, trying to figure the numbers out. One day I got my friends together, two of which, one of which would never even touch a role playing game if not for being kind to me. Okay. Um, and another one, my my two other friends, it was him and his new girlfriend at the time. She, funny enough, had a name that was based off of a Dungeons & Dragons character. Oh, wow. It, okay. it, yeah, it, it's a whole <laughs> story. But um, super just random. We were trying to find something to do. I was like, well, let's play this. It's like a board game or something. And so I pulled it out and with no prep, just kind of read it as we went. Uh, and it was super fun. I mean, the first little bit was a talking mirror that tries to suck you in. None <laughs> okay. of them fell for it. I mean, <laughs> my, my friends were all video gamers, so they're immediately suspicious of everything. Right, right, sure. We had no sense of character or anything like that. So, cool, very fun. And then we get to, like, the third room, and it's a room populated by just mushrooms. And in the middle, you describe the one varying thing, other than this room is mushrooms, is this big purple mushroom with a cloud of spores around it. And I'm like, and I'm reading it, and it's like, if anybody comes into this square, they need to make a really high con save, or they're going to die. It's just instant death. <laughs> and what does one player do? I want to go explore that square. And I'm like, okay. I, I re-describe it and say, are you sure? She's like, yes, I want to go explore that square. And I look, and I'm like, okay, roll me a, a, con, a constitution save. She's like, okay. She rolls a really horrendous number. I don't remember what it was. And I'm like, okay, you, as I flip the book open, uh, start to sprout mushrooms from every part of your body and you die. <laughs> <laughs> For the first half an hour of the game. And then she's like, what? I die? And she's like shocked. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you went after a spore, mushroom spore. Like, okay, um, because I knew if she died, she would uh, take my friend away in the game. I was going to say, yeah, so you're a I was like, boy. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, a god of something or other comes down, resurrects you, and says, all right, don't be stupid, and leaves. <laughs> and none of them died after that, which is good for the game. But then we finished the whole module that night, and then I started actually running the game. Uh, and before I realized about scale or, like, imagination, just, like, running things in your mind, I was like, okay, so you need maps. So I bought that giant pad of gridded paper. Sure, oh, yeah. And I'm talking about, you think I just drew on one piece? No, I, I, I wish I still had it. I took four pieces and taped them together <laughs> and drew out a two-quote two scale map of a village. Oh, my God. And then I had to flip it on the back and do another one for the inside of the buildings. And it was one of my fa one of my favorite early games that I ran all in my all from my head. It was great, but then I luckily realized, oh, I don't need to draw to scale maps for everything. Um, and then yeah, after that, I just started running more and more. All my friends actually really digged it, um, and yeah. So then I just kept on playing intermittently. It's crazy to think that if you've been playing uh, about twelve years, you've been playing. Uh, just slightly longer than my son has played. Now, he doesn't play regularly now, and oh, I think he'd be ashamed to, to hear that, that <laughs> anyone here that he plays anything close to regularly. But for a while there, he was playing with my gaming group and uh, having a really good time at it. It's, it's a fun, it's, it's a great thing to do. It doesn't take a whole lot of anything except thought and, and uh, involvement. And for younger people, it's, it's socializing, it's problem solving, it's 
reading, reading and writing basic, uh, basic stuff you should be learning in school, which we don't learn in the schools here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good, good. So, so tell me, when you, when you think about the games, uh, what's the favorite game you've played in? Not necessarily specifically an individual night, but what's your favorite game you've played in? Gosh, my favorite game I've played in. Well, system. System wise, that's a tough one because if I two of them two jump out. All right, I'll give you two. Yeah, two jump out of my mind. One of them was that Mutant Year Zero game that you ran. Okay. Because I I really dug the system. The world was crazy cool. Um, highly recommend that to anybody. Great game. They have everything from mutants to animals to robots. Great. Um, and then another one is a random small one, which I really liked, called Wilderness of Mirrors. Um, and it's a spy-based game. And the real fun about it, it came together, a group of us. Um, Michael actually ran that one as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Michael, someone you'll hear running our game. Uh, and so... The, the real fun part about it was is that Michael didn't have to come up with a story. And it's actually surprising how well this works. You He comes up with a little tag, which if I remember right, the tag was um, stop the assassination of, the, of a UN ambassador. Like something simple like that. And then it's up to the players to spend you know, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how long. There's, a, there's bonuses and cons for how much time you take. Okay. Building the story. So you say that, okay, uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I forget who he did. I think it was like, you know, North Korea had sent in uh, an assassin, you know, this whole thing. Oh, no, no, had like set, like set up a nuke. Oh, where's the nuke? Oh, it's in the basement. Uh, and you just, every detail you come up with gives you more dice so that when you're being James Bond, which that's what it's about, it's a, a spy game, Okay. you get to <clears throat> roll more dice. You could be like, I really want this to succeed, so I have all these points. But the longer you take, the more complication dice the GM gets. So they can just throw wrenches. So no, even if you have the most strict plan, that, why is that guard not there? Complication. And that was just really fun. It was a full night of us just coming up with this cool story. I still have the notes. And then flubbing our way through it. <laughs> Almost sounds like a fiasco in, in some of the ones that play like that, mm-hmm. where you're not given a script, you're given pieces of the script, and you work on building them from there. So I was, oh, yeah. I was, I was laughing earlier. <clears throat> you said the spy game, and, and my little gray cat decided to pop her ears just over the head of the <laughs> table to peek and see what was going on. Mm. Um, so as far as, as far as NCRP Productions and, and what we want to do, um, the, the umbrella... The vision for me with the umbrella probably goes back to 1987 or thereabouts. Uh, I was up at the Fantasy Gamers Guild at Humboldt State University, and we were producing a, a newsletter there. And I'm—I felt like what I was doing was better than what other people were doing. I'm not going to tell you it was. I'm just going to tell you I felt that way. And we decided to split the newsletter, and I decided I was going to try making a magazine, which came in as. North Coast Role Playing, Gaming from Behind the Redwood Curtain. Uh, we produced uh, nine issues of the magazine. Uh, I had subscribers for the magazine in Japan and Germany, all across the United States. Kind of a crazy start. And uh, at that point, most everybody that I had involved, and, and there were people, I had a guy from St. Louis, I had a guy from New York that, that were becoming a part of the fanzine. And that's really what it was, was a fanzine. But we had talked about producing 
games, uh, role-playing games. We had we talked about producing supplements. Um, issue four, for example, we did as a traveler supplement, and I just grabbed every single person that I knew that that liked traveler in some form, and uh, said, "Hey, write me something for it. New weapons, new new adventures, new character classes, new aliens, whatever you wanted to to do." But the idea being, and again, long before Kickstarter, the idea being if we wanted to do something, we needed a, an umbrella for it. So NCRP Productions has been around, I would say, in some, in some idea way since 1987. But more closely, you and I started talking about podcasts, what, maybe about a about a year ago? Yeah, maybe a year and a half? Been about a year and a half, yeah. And at the time, I, <laughs> I said... Who would watch those? I mean, I, I distinctly remember saying, who would watch it? And uh, now I am a year and a half later, and I have probably 150 podcasts, either partially or fully listened to under my belt. And uh, we had talked about, why don't we try it? You know, it, it sounded like something that would be fun to do. At, at, at best, maybe we could capitalize on it. At worst... We can throw it out there and just have a good time doing it, and, and hopefully not everybody just harangues us about how bad we are. <laughs> um, I, I know those first couple episodes that we're going to be putting up, we were learning editing, we were learning the boards. Be be gentle with us about the tapping. That's true. We, That's true. a few things oh, we boy, didn't the, realize. The uh, chip clicking. <laughs> yes. The chip clicking uh, is definitely going to be a thing in those episodes. It it, w- it will get better. <laughs> <laughs> so I still I still envision um, for for years uh, the group that I was playing with Tuesday that became Monday that became Sunday that became Monday again uh, had talked about producing uh, a Kickstarter role playing game or kickstartering a uh, a supplement or any of those type of things and this would be a great venue for that. But for now, we're going to focus on podcasts. Yeah. And we were talking about doing podcasts, and I think we discussed a little bit Dungeons & Dragons has people like Critical Role, um, uh, Acquisitions, Inc., mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff, and, and, and many, 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 many more yeah. um, that are out there. But those are the big ones I know. And then for Pathfinder, there's the Glass Cannon podcast. But again, you look for those. There's many, many, many of them. When I picked up uh, running, or, or at least was going to run Unhallowed, when I was going to take Unhallowed Metropolis over from Dino, I wanted to see what people had done. Mm. You know, he had started the game for us, and we had had an amazing time with him. Really, really miss him. Mm-hmm. Dino passed a, a couple of years back, and, and he's, he's a lost treasure. He really mm-hmm. is. But we had such a good time playing that game, and he had asked me, did I want to take over running i had also kind of suggested it myself and so i wanted to i wanted to see what was out there you know what did people do because reading the book i really had no idea of a story and i went looking for i don't know that i searched for the word podcast because i'm not sure at that point i knew what that was but i went looking for unhallowed rpg and nothing came up and if you do the search now there's not very much even today you know, and here's a game that our group played for at least two and a half years, maybe at least, longer. At least. And this is one of the things I want to bring, definitely want to bring to the North Coast Role Playing Productions podcast group. At some point, I want to start running that for this group again. But uh, I wanted to make sure that there was stuff out there for it. And uh, I remember 
we we got in Dishonored, and we knew Modiphius Games from the Mutant Year Zero game, mm-hmm. and we talked about it. And I remember Michael saying, "Well, I I know that world, and, and you were the only one, other one at the table who had played the video." I game. played them, so so uh, we went with that. So our first podcast is is uh, Dishonored in part because we like the two D twenty system that it runs on, but in addition to that. I'm remembering that right. We are on the 2D20. God, we play so yes. many doggone games. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, the 2D20 system is a great system, and Michael picked it up and said, hey, guys, I'll run a one-shot. And we said, hey, let's put it on the podcast. And that one-shot is still going. Mm-hmm. It's still going. I, I don't think I've ever successfully played a one-shot that hasn't turned into more. <laughs> nope, nope, that's true. Even the most recent one-shot we did mm-hmm. was a two-night one-shot. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so two parts. Although I do notice that a number of the people that I'm watching podcasts from, their one-shots are cut up into two episodes. So I, I think that's I think that's acceptable in the podcast world. I, I think so. I think as long as the content's good, I don't think people are going to complain. So uh, what other games would you like to see? us do i mean we've we've got we have uh dishonored and we're working on that right now um uh again we've talked about on hallowed there are some things we have to go over like building uh, bringing bringing the, the the readership or the listenership is it is it called listen- a readership mm, listener I don't, I don't know i guess listeners yeah listeners so yeah. so that we we will Just have listeners. to do something to to catch listeners up and, and you and I have been working on that. I'm not going to spill the mm. beans on that. But uh, we definitely need to catch them up. But what other, what other games would you like to see, at least for you, done? It, it, it's funny because I have that entire shelf of games that <laughs> I have. And I've only played a fraction of them. So there's, there's a lot of different, different games I would love to try. Well, one of them that I've, I've played and know I like is End of the World. Which is designed for, funny enough, one-shots. Sure. But great... Apocalypse of all apocalypse of all kinds. I mean, they have they have a zombie book. It's Fantasy Flight: End of the World. Highly recommend it. Um, you know, Sadly, have... Fantasy Flight doesn't produce it anymore. Oh, they don't. Nope. Oh, why? Nope. That was such a good game. It really was. My understanding from you was that you play yourself. Yeah. So the the premise of it is is you're supposed to you're supposed to start the session with everybody coming together to play a role playing game. Uh, and it recommends that you, as the dungeon master, leave or exit or are somehow one of the first ones killed. Okay. So the first one that I ran, I you know sat everybody down, we got in game, and they're like, okay, everybody comes in, and I'm like, oh shoot, guys, I forgot something in the car. I go out, I leave, and then I'm like, yeah, ten minutes goes by, and they're like, well, where's Pedro? They go out, I've been bitten by a zombie, and that then all hell breaks loose. Okay. Uh, so. And, but they, I mean, they have that. I mean, they have the, like... They have four books. Mm, four they books. have the zombie book, mm-hmm. the Wrath of the Gods book, yep, which is Wrath General of the Cthulhu. Gods. Yep. Uh, well, they, well, actually, you know what? I, I will say, out of all of them, out of all four of the books, out of everything, the Cthulhu one has the absolute smallest amount of stuff in it. Interesting. There okay. is, like, there is like Cthulhu... As, and that's actually something I wish they had done more of, is monsters and, like, creatures... Not enough of them. I know. I know. I should. I can create them myself. But I want. I don't want to do all that work. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one it has like Cthulhu and like two other little creatures. Wow. And, and yeah, I was surprised <coughs> about that. But yeah, I Rath- thought that one covered like Ragnarok and, and it the does Norse. So Ragnarok. Okay. Um, there's Norse. There's um, like you remember that movie, The Happening. Right. Yeah. There's the Happening. So trees and plants actually take over. <laughs> um, okay. And then I think I think that's it in that one. Oh, and there's the biblical apocalypse, the Four Horsemen. Right. Right. Um, which that one. Oh, and um, Mayan Mayan apocalypse. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's the the there's, robot there's one. The robot one, and then there's the aliens one. And the right? alien one. The alien one has everything from they have Atlantis, Mars. Um, they have they have ants, which from the I would. That's, that, that's yeah. from the movie them. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, I wouldn't run that. <laughs> um, uh, and then it also has. Note um, to self: I should run an ant, <laughs> an ant apocalypse <laughs> game, <laughs> an ant end of the world. Uh, and it, God, it has one other one I'm, I'm blanking, but it's got, oh, a lizard people. Okay. It's got the lizard people. Um, the I, I ran, yeah, I, I ran a semi-successful Atlantis game, which was fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, super, super cool system. Um, the robot one, the robot one's cool. I haven't had a chance to delve into it very much. You have all four? I have all four. So you'll have to, you'll have to spring yeah. that. So, so end of the world. End of the uh, world. Anything else that you... You'd love to bring forward one that I would love to play. Also, Morrow Project. Morrow Project. Okay. I have a chunk. I have the main book and then like four different modules, and it's just such a neat idea because I also I like post-apocalypse. Uh, for those who don't know, Morrow Project is you are you're you're freezy. You you've been frozen. You're supposed to be frozen until after a nuclear war or whatever the end of the end times was. Right. Uh, and you were supposed to be only frozen for, I believe it's just a couple of years after. A couple of years. And the idea being that yeah. you were supposed to be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You were the best uh, military man or or science person or, or any of those things. When I say military man, I mean military person. Mm-hmm. But military science, medicine, all of these things. Y- you were specifically trained to bring order back. Uh, right. And then you wake up and find out it's way longer than a couple of years. I don't know if the players know right away, but it's about a hundred and it kind of depends on which the modules. Oh yeah, I guess the different modules, but yeah, so you wake up years and years later and same thing. I mean, you do what you can, you know, try and bring order to whatever section of the world you're in and just super neat. And it has a really fun like blood count mechanic. Right. So you can lose <laughs> like a certain amount of blood and it does stuff, which I just I it sounds like it might be crunchy, but it might be fun crunchy. So Moral Project goes back into my days. So, so for me, I started in '79. Uh, I was I was going to high school and and literally had just moved there in August and knew no one, knew absolutely no one. And uh, I was I was in a school where mathematics was kind of a, a secondary, looked down upon subject. And I came from a college prep area, so I immediately was thrust in with uh, one other freshman, one sophomore, and everybody else in the class was seniors. And the one freshman said, hey, uh, you know, we're kind of stuck in here, it's just us. Um, I do this this thing, this D&D thing, you want to come join, and uh, Jeff Zebrak, if you're, if you're listening to this, all this insanity, it's your damn fault. Um, he invited me over. Uh, I don't remember who, how many other people played, but we played. I had a great time doing it, and, and that was kind of the end of it for me. And that was, uh, huh, dating myself here, that was 79. Moral Project, I think, is 80 or 81. But, uh, yeah, it goes back to my time starting with it. And, yeah, the Freezies idea, I didn't know 
the the vault idea now is is attributed to um, Fallout. Fallout, right? But it's it's definitely long before that. Mm-hmm. Long before. I mean, Fallout comes from Wasteland, the video game Wasteland, mm-hmm. and Wasteland didn't have the freezies in it, did it? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, like the original Wasteland's an old like I don't Commodore even, 64 yeah. game. Oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Super Nintendo or not Super. I was gonna say just regular Nintendo, but it's even oh, it's, it's far long before that, Nintendo. Yeah, so. The Nintendo I don't even think was a yeah. thought yet. So I I don't know. I mean, yeah, my first experience with you know vaults was Fallout One. Right. right. So, uh, but yeah, so there, there's that, and then I mean, I have I have a couple more. Give me one more. Give me, give me a total of three. So we've got End of the World, we got Morrow Project, and so so one of the things, I'll interrupt Pedro, one of the things you're going to notice with us, most of this table does post-apocalypse. That is kind of what we do. Our, our current Tuesday night game is uh, Deadlands, Hell on Earth. Oh, I love Deadlands. Boy, that we, we, we the Monday game has been Mutant Year Zero. It's It's been... Apocalypse uh, World. Apocalypse World. That's the one you run. That's, that's one of the ones I'd like to see you bring back. But uh, anyway, so your third option, try try and make it not a not a post-apocalypse. No, you no. Got, you well, got one that's not? Yeah, and, I mean, I, and I don't know, I, so I don't know which system, but I want to run a superhero game, or I want to play in or run a superhero game, and I, I can't decide which would be the best system, because, I mean, there's, like, the oldie goodie ones, there's, um, what is it, uh... You have Vigil- hero champions. Yeah, hero you got champions. villains of vigilantes. That's the one. Um, mutants and masterminds. I mean, even Savage Worlds or uh, Worlds in Peril, which is a uh, Powered by the Apocalypse sure. game. Oh God, you, you can keep going. And, Palladium, Palladium's hero system yeah. is just about as old as all the others too. And I know, I know, I would have fun running it because I, I, another group was like, "Hey, let's play a superhero game," and I come up with a story, and then nothing. So I have a story <laughs> have in my story. back pocket. Um, but I mean, just just playing that because that's one game I've never got to play in. I've never got to play or run a superhero <coughs> game. Uh, okay, actually, I, I lied. I did do a little bit of Marvel superheroes, but it re- I really wouldn't consider me running it. Gotcha. Correct. I mean, it was we, it, it, I was the only one that ever actually read those rules. So villain of the group. week. Yeah. Actually, more like all right. So you get to be your 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 what is it? I was gonna say Batman. You're, you're <laughs> Captain America. You're right. Human Torch, and I'm <laughs> this person. Let's see what happens. What a, oh, okay. and then when we found out how it, how it so actually it's, played, it's, it's really epic battles. Yeah, epic battles. <laughs> exactly. And so we we just like did that, but we didn't realize is that that Marvel role playing system is incredibly brutal. Oh yes. Uh, and so that would that was one thing that made me realize that I had been playing it wrong at first because i was like wow i just took this guy down in one hit did we do that right right and yeah no it's just it's just a quick well, once system. you were two if you're if you're playing the chart one once you were two or three shifts to mm-hmm. the left or right of of somebody you were you were toast yeah um cool system though i i enjoyed it and all it's like there's a lot of bits to it a lot of funness to it but yeah so a superhero game okay well villains vigilante is is my history um uh, my friend Mike Strauss has all my V&V stuff, but we, we ran a game for, I don't know, it was more than a year, but it may not have been two full years. Uh, I was living off campus, uh, going to Humboldt State, and I had a staple of people that would show up on a day, you know, it, hey, Tuesday, we got six people here, you guys want to play? And so I had an East Coast group, a West Coast group, we had 48 active members, we had... 29, I think I, I, I wrote this on Facebook because I was responding to uh, something that Mike had put up recently, but 
I think now that I think about it, I think we had somewhere between 29 and 32 unique individual people playing those different characters. Ooh. A couple people had two, but they would sh- whoever showed up, I would run the game for it. Although today I, you know, love you Jeff D, but I'm I'm not sure if V&V would be the one I would do. I had an entire book of house rules and so my history <laughs> is I don't think there was a game from FGU which is called Fantasy Games Unlimited, but I think industry-wide was well-known as Fantasy Games Unfinished. Um, they There was always a need for some kind of house rules. I think the most complete game I can remember was Psyworld, and even that needed a little tweaking. But, uh, yeah, superhero game. Our, Ty, who's part of our podcast, you'll get to hear him uh, when you start the podcast, uh, Ty is going to be running a superhero game for us uh, in the next couple of months. So maybe maybe we'll treat the listeners to that and at least show them what we can do with superheroes. So uh, for me, I haven't really figured out too much. I I would I love post apocalypse, of course, but I also like the alternate history stuff. Mm-hmm. So I ran Seven C, and it's actually where my son got to play for a while. I ran Seven C, which is John Wick's alternate future. Uh, the way I describe it to people is take everything that was fun between 1492 and 1850 that happened except the discovery of the new world. Slam that all together into roughly a 10-year period, and then you play there. So anything that you can think of in that time frame all the way up to uh, Napoleon uh, running rampant across Europe, uh, you have the splits of Charlemagne, you've got uh, the, the, the destruction of the Spanish Armada by the English, uh, you've got the schism. Uh, you have the destruction of the Holy Roman Empire and the breakup of the German states. None of those names are kept. Germany, for example, is Iceland. But I loved 7C. Now, he's done a second edition. I haven't read enough, so I will not comment against it. But I really loved first edition. There was a whole bunch of stuff in it. I, As I said, Unhallowed Metropolis is definitely something I want to return to. I had put... A lot of effort into building the world that we played again for I think it was two years, uh, but uh, had a lot of a uh, lot of things going, a lot of irons in the fire, and we ended up stopping that one short. Um, third one, I'll tell you, it's crazy because it's D and D, so I'm I'm not sure I would do it, but I love the Dark Sun world mm. for Dungeons and Dragons. Another another one of the group that you, you may get to hear on on the podcast is Matt. Matt ran a Savage Worlds version of Dark Sun, one of the one of the most enjoyable games I've been in. It was absolutely a lot of fun. So, and it's it's interesting how games go. You notice how you you play the game, and during the game, you while you're there, you're thinking, "Good Lord, I hope this guy takes his turn." And you know, when's she going to finish espousing? You know, giving giving her soliloquy so the rest of us can roll some doggone dice. But as you get farther and farther away, you ever notice how the the bad, boring stuff kind of disappears, and just the really good, mm-hmm. great, amazing. I wish, I wish we could figure out how to do that for the podcast without making too many breaks in the in the the list. Because I know, I mean, I know I do it. I know Michael does it. I know our group of players do it. Where we're going along and suddenly something stops us, you know, we can clip a little bit of it out. You know, the, the point at which somebody gets up and, you know, uses the facilities, that type of thing, we can cut that out, but you can't really cut out the pieces where we're doing nothing interesting and being exceptionally boring. So 
My promise, I, I think Pedro will agree with me, my promise is we're going to try and limit that as much as we can for anything we're giving you guys. And I'm fairly certain as we do more, that's going to just dip away. I hope so. I, I, I hope feel, so. I feel like... Um, I, I feel like we're even in our boring parts. At least one of us tries to fill it in with something yeah, funny. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, one of the things when we were talking about the podcast, going back to you and I discussing it, one of the things that we had talked about was being organic. I'm not calling anyone out, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But for me, a lot of the podcasts that I watched felt produced, felt like there was you know almost a script done. And again, I'm not calling anyone out, but when you watch some of them, there's just this feeling that this was discussed before we actually came on. Is it on camera? Is it on, on air? It's on air, right? Yeah. Okay. Before we come on air, we've discussed all of the pieces of it. So when something happens, you know, you react the right way instead of the way that our group invariably does, which is there's a door ahead of you. There's a door to your left. And we immediately grab shovels and dig into the ground. I mean, that just, that is the way everyone I game with plays. Mm. And it can be a lot of fun for everyone, but the Game Master, hopefully the Game Master rolls with it. But uh, we talked about that, and I wanted to have it be organic. I wanted to have, you know, the the mistakes that we made be in there because we are all role players. We we all love the craft. We wouldn't be Mm -hmm. here doing it if we didn't, you know. But (laughs) at this point, putting it up for free on YouTube tells you how much we love the craft. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, and just in the time that I've been playing playing with this group, I mean, it's that that's always the fun thing is, you know, when I've ran or anybody else has ran, the random crap that we do. Oh my we, god. Everybody rolls with it. Everybody can, you know, it there's everybody all of the GMs at this table have been good about, you know, finding a way to work with it. Even if that's I need like 2 minutes to figure it out, which I think only has happened a couple times. That's that's true. And I and, which, and honestly, I think we cut those parts out. Yeah, that's the one yeah. piece of production I, folks that we did is we cut the the parts where we say, "Um, I'm turning the page. Um, yeah. I'm looking here." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we it just and and I like it because a lot of times, at least especially in my games, and when I'm running, you'll probably see it. I just, if something is out of left field and I just need to fill it, I mean, sometimes it's super random, but everybody always runs with it and is super fun about it. And it's like, all right, whatever, we can just move on. Um, and it, it's great. It's great. I'll so. tell you, for future podcasts, one of the ones that I'm very much hoping is uh, you'll listen to Ty and, and, uh, You'll wonder sometimes, as a character, you know, what is what is he thinking? What is he doing? Because sometimes he gets very, very quiet. But he ran Primeval for us, and he's mm. been running Primeval as a, a season series. Primeval, if you don't know, is a BBC show that followed up Walking with Dinosaurs. Basically, my understanding is the, the guys had all this beautiful dinosaur footage, and someone said, make money with it, and they produced the, the show Primeval. Um Neat premise. It gets better as the show goes on. The the show, as with Fox and BBC, got cut short with uh, uh, not a huge cliffhanger, but a small cliffhanger. But Ty decided to pick it up and run it for us. And there's a perfect example oh, of man. nothing goes right. No. And he's got to roll with us. Oh, God, no. I, I, I loved it. I had so much fun. Sometimes I felt bad for Ty with the stuff that we threw at him. That's that's very uh, true. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't Munchkiny. It no. was just good, 
God, did our characters make some interesting choices? Well, for Ty, I think I think Primeval is the third or possibly fourth, and I may be wrong, and Ty, if I am, I apologize, but I think it was actually the third or fourth game that he ran with somebody other than just his family, hmm. and he was running with seven of us. I think he was running with seven of us. I think yeah. my son was there at yeah. one point, so yeah. I think he ran he seven. That's If you haven't been the game master, if you've been a player and you've played with more than three or four players with a game master running for you, you don't realize how much the game master has to give. And once your numbers get over six or seven, oh gosh, it's it's a lot of work to run with, and Ty rolled with it pretty well. I, there were a couple of nights that we shut down early because he said, you know what, guys, i got to figure out what I'm going to do next. But oh. I'm hoping for that. Um, Michael always comes up with something that nobody's ever heard of as far as gaming. I suspect if we didn't start the podcast with Dishonored, Michael would have come up with something that everyone would have been scrambling on the internet search to try and figure out, well, what is that? Where did he get that? What are you doing? He's got his thumb on the pulse of all the new, like, random Kickstarter games and stuff. Orphan games. That's yeah. that, For my store, that's what we call them as orphan games. And it doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that very few places carry them. Uh, and, you know, I, I go anytime I travel. I stop by uh, game stores, hobby stores, and look and see what people have. And pretty regularly, they have Fantasy Flight Star Wars, which, by the way, is another thing I'd love to do yes, on the podcast. that one would be great. Um, they have D&D. Usually they have Pathfinder. And maybe just because they have Workshop, they have the Warhammer 40K mm, uh, Like books. Dark Heresy and all right. that. Although those, those have disappeared and gone insanely priced. Um, <clears throat> but they don't tend to have a big variety. And that's one of the things when, when I opened the store was to have as big a variety as we could. So Michael blows me away with the things that he finds that I've never seen before. So be some excitement to see what he brings out next, too. That That's what I'm looking forward to about this, is just running and playing in all sorts of different kinds of games that are... And I love D&D. I love Pathfinder. But at a certain point, you want to play something else. Yeah. Even if it's... I mean, I, I don't even have a problem playing fantasy... But a slightly different fantasy. I mean, sure. You know, there's all kinds of different settings and stuff. So I, I that's what I'm looking forward to. This Dishonored game has been so fun. It really has. It's been great. Love the system. Love the world and how it mimics, especially since I played the game. Yeah, and I have I I played it for a little while and got motion sickness. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you for the game designers for the video game, it is absolutely beautiful. Head hands off heads hands off heads off. Great hats off. To you folks for making Dishonored, it is a beautiful video game. Really love it. But I get that stupid motion sickness, so I didn't get to play for very long. But it was neat the seven or eight minutes I did play. <laughs> it's it's well worth it. Uh, and I know they have for anybody looking for a fun game to play. If you like assassins or being sneaky or heck, even don't not being sneaky. They got a whole remastered edition. Super fun one. And, uh, you know, I never actually got to play two, but now it's on my list. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, but, yeah, so just like you were saying, all kinds of different games. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. And showing more games because every I love bringing people new games to try because, you know, even D&D players, they try something new. The majority of them that I've showed something new to are like, wow, this is great. This is a lot it of breaks fun. Up the Didn't monotony. know there was anything other yeah. than D&D out there. 
How many how many times can you kill a goblin before you're like, I want to kill something else? All right, so I'm not going to be a, a clod. I'm going to tell my cat, who's been sneezing this whole time, bless you, and we'll go back to it. I think that's <laughs> what he was waiting for. Yeah, so, I mean, I... Yeah, and as we're talking about all the different games, I'm now, now I'm starting to actually run some more in my sure. head. Sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, now, and this, this has just been fun. Just uh, this right here is good even just talking about it and having having just good time well this is something that that uh we should wrap up now but i'm thinking maybe what we'll do is we'll kind of do this over time maybe bring in some of the other players um one of the things that i'll tell you for the podcast we it it should be pedro and i and pretty much everything uh it'll be a nice mix of cast uh, cast characters for the rest Hopefully we'll we'll bring people in that'll give you a different sound, a different uh, a different feel for the game, a different feel for the players. Um, already we have uh, someone joining us in a few episodes. You'll you get to meet that person, but uh, you'll get to see some expansion into different games, different stuff that we're going to run, um, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. And uh, as always, uh, you know, like us on Facebook. Um, Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us. We got Twitter. Um, having a lot of fun on Twitter and trying to build that engagement. So please follow us on Twitter. Engage. Talk to us. Tell us your favorite game. Tell us your least favorite game. Ooh, ooh, and right in the Twitter because they're on there. <clears throat> there's a Kickstarter that just finished fairly recently for the D Sanction, mm. and uh, they've been twittering a little bit back and forth. I am excited to get the game. That is something I'm looking at potentially running for us, but. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. We'd we've love to have YouTube. you subscribe to that yep. and, uh, and we, like us. We have uh, Instagram as well. We got some content up there. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have a great artist, an amazing uh, artist, being, uh, getting us some great content. So please go check that out. Tell us what you think. Let us know. Love hearing from you. Uh, and then also for the podcast, uh, it'll be on YouTube. But we're also going through uh, Anchor. Uh, right, that's the one that we that's just where we're gonna, we yeah. talked with them, and we've got our own section in yep. Anchor. We're going to be having, that's where we're going to have the audio podcast live, uh, at least for now, while we're working on getting it to, you know, Apple and Google and all those other places. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, follow us if you like us. Let us know what you think. If you don't like us, let us know what you think and why. And if you're if you're somebody that would rather, you know, write us a letter as opposed to writing us something uh, simple, hopefully a not too harsh comment. Um, you can also get us at ncrpproductions at gmail.com. That's right. And so with that, Pedro, thanks for joining well, me tonight. Barry, thank you for joining me tonight. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we will sign off and we will talk to you again soon. Talk to you soon, everyone. Thank you for listening to another NCRP Productions podcast. We value your support and would love to have you like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, all at NCRP Productions. You can also find our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever great podcasts are found. We value your thoughts, so please don't hesitate to leave feedback and comments. And if you want to reach any of us directly, we are available at ncrpproductions at gmail.com.